In May of 2020, FreightWaves Live is headed back to the largest freight market in the Southeast, Atlanta, Georgia. Join FreightWaves for our best event yet, featuring captivating keynote speakers and rapid-fire demos of technology that is sure to take our industry to the next level. This is your opportunity to interact with some of the most innovative leaders as we mark a new decade in transportation. See you in Atlanta May 5th and 6th. Hey everyone and welcome to On The Spot. I'm your host Zach Strickland and I'm here with, as usual, John Paul Hampstead. Good to see JP. you again, Zach. Yeah. So we had a, we had a pretty interesting week. Uh, we this did. Week. We had a pretty interesting week and yeah. a pretty um, eventful weekend. Yes. And you know I'm not so uh, obviously Steldon Group filed Chapter 11, sort of in the early hours of Monday. Right. Uh, and um, you broke that story on Friday. Friday afternoon. Friday yeah, afternoon, Friday night yeah. actually, yeah. late Friday night. Um, and then dealt with it all weekend. So we're talking about a top 20 carrier. Uh, the number one cross-border carrier um, truckload that abruptly ceased operations. Um, really interesting work, actually, uh, that my research team has been doing this week on sort of reconstructing the whole chronology of how everything went down, um, who knew what, when, the decisions that were made by management and ownership. Um, so Sonar users can check that out. That'll be in Sonar under research. Uh, it's in but, Passport Research, correct? Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, you know, the interesting thing to me is that Celadon is really a product of two kind of volatile freight market periods. Yeah. You know, they, uh, the 2015-2016, you know, abrupt shift there. You know, we lost a lot of value with truck pricing, as right. I think some of yep. your research points to. But also the fact that the market itself was... It went from a robust to a very contractionary state right. in 2016. And, uh, yeah, and Celadon did what a lot of truckers do, which is, you know, um, they get those animal spirits going <laughs> in a bull market and just expand like crazy. Yeah. And then they have to deal with the fallout when the market collapses. And so they had they had this truck leasing program called Quality that, mm -hmm. that uh, the new sort of post-Russell management had dramatically expanded from about... 750 trucks to 11,000 trucks. And then... That's insane. The, the bottom... <laughs> yeah, I mean... That's an insane expansion. Yeah, so they more than 10 x did. Then the bottom fell out of the used trucking market. And we showed the graphs in our report. Um, even And even worse, they had hundreds of these uh, 2012 Pro Stars at the, Mac, the Notorious Max Force engine, which was plagued with mechanical difficulties, as you know from... You know, you I was yeah. I was a pricing analyst in an LTL company, and I didn't know about truck engines in general. You know, nothing. But I knew about the 2012 Max Force engine. Yeah, we still had some at the end of my tenure there that we could not get rid of. Yeah. So the fact that they were basically overpricing, overvaluing these these models is insane. And so what, what's interesting is, is that the Celadon collapse is really a story, it's a tale of two troughs. Mm -hmm. The 2016 decline in asset value, but also just the market in general, forced the management into making some bad decisions that you know, eventually led to indictments. Um, then we had a huge turn up, obviously, from sort of the middle of 2017 through the end of 2018, and a, a second new management team was able to kind of hold the company together 
but then the class. But they also they also took advantage of a really hot market. I mean, you can watch, you can see it in the spot rate trends. The uh, spot rates climbed thirty percent year over year from seventeen to eighteen. Right. And you know, basically pulling up, you could live on the spot market at that point in time. You didn't have to have any contracted freight uh, going on. And uh, I, I think really they lived on borrowed time. Uh, because what was the settlement for? Forty-two million. Forty-two million. Um, they were they were divesting assets, paying back creditors, trying to get trying to get new lines of credit, things like that. And you know, eventually, once the market turned, uh, I just think the the margin of error was so narrow that they couldn't make it work. We can go into the, sort of the nitty gritty of the final weeks of operations, but I, th- I think maybe uh, you know. With the context of this being sort of in, in a trough, or, or, right. or the 2019 put them out of business definitively, we can talk about maybe some some green shoots that we're seeing in the markets as we we close out the year. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, this year was definitely softer than 2018, and I guess if you didn't, you know, really plan for the future, kind of the whole. Uh, you know, fable about the the ant and the grasshopper here. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. everybody that basically lived on the spot market in 2018 got greedy, you know, raised their rates 15, 20%. I even heard stories about people raising their rates 40% year over year well, to their shippers, which to me seems a little... <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's basically saying like you don't want to work with them after this year. Well, that, that was from a shipper's standpoint. So yeah, I, yeah. I didn't, it wasn't a carrier that did that. That told me that story. That was a shipper that told me that. And oh, I was like, that is, yeah. that's basically saying like, well, we're firing you yeah, yeah, <laughs> after yeah. this year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, but you know, we've seen a recovery in about ten rejections, at least going into the holidays. I mean, normally, what we saw in 2018 was um, an increase in ten rejections, sort of going into. Black Friday, mm-hmm. then you see a dip in December because typically volumes kind of deteriorate through December, and then you see um, a turn up going into Christmas. Never really saw capacity loosen up in December like we did last year. No, no. Typically, you see this, you know, tropping effect because everybody goes off the road uh, for Thanksgiving. All the drivers, you know, they're they're bound to their like 500 mile regions at this point. Even if you're an over the road carrier, a lot of the time you'll see dispatchers bring uh, drivers back into just a bubble or a pocket unless they're going to pay you a lot of money to, right. to break out of that because they need to be at home for home time. Um, so, yeah, that's normally what we see. And then after Thanksgiving, things recover a little bit. We didn't have that as strongly this year. Now, we no. did have uh, sort of this contracted space between Thanksgiving and Christmas this year. We lost a correct, week. Correct, correct. So we that that's going to have a, a little bit of an impact, but I also think and we actually kind of called for this. We kind of yeah. we were thinking about this a month ago, and we were like, okay, everyone assumes that consumer spending is pretty robust. Everyone assumes that e-commerce volumes and overall retail is going to go is going to grow year over year in a shorter amount of time. Therefore, just you know, all other things being equal, that should tighten transportation should. capacity. Yeah, and it should. seems like it has. It has, and I think I think retail being so strong this year has really had an impact as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe the manufacturing sectors, industrial stuff, is really kind of slumping. You know, Anthony Smith and I have a podcast now, right. and he was talking about uh, this Freightonomics, on right? Freight, yeah, on Freightonomics the other day about how we're starting to not see necessarily an overall economic slumping, but like the sector recessions yeah. versus yeah. like general economic recessions because now the retail sector moves independently of the industrial sector. They kind of follow each other in this kind of wave pattern, but they don't necessarily 
bundle up all at once. Right. As long as we you don't have like a financial crisis that right. freaks out the consumer, as well as you know drives up credit on the industrial side. Right. As long as you don't have that, then they can kind of operate independently and sort of you know keep the economy chugging along at two two percent ish. Right. So so I guess I mean, are we a little bit more optimistic at this point in time about what this holds for the trucking market here in the next? little bit than I, we were or um you know i would be other than the fact that we've got henry byers who is very bearish on west coast port volumes going into q1 uh you know chinese new year be damned um and i, I saw i read an interesting note uh from deutsche bank actually yesterday uh on, in, on thursday um that was that it was just kind of an offhand comment made by Ahmed Marotra, their transportation equities analyst. Mm-hmm. But he said that West Coast port volumes have about a 70% correlation to truckload demand on a one-month lag. Ah, that's um, interesting. And but right now, now, those port volumes are kind of falling apart. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen the port volumes to the West Coast, but we've kind of been following this trend, yeah, east, this yeah, shift. Right. Now, China is still, and we did just get the uh, Trump signed the deal yesterday. Did he already sign it? Yeah, I thought he signed it. I saw a it's, report that he signed it. Yeah, or, I, it's, I think we're almost there, Okay. in theory. In we theory. Well, very close yeah. to a very big deal. China is still... Because <laughs> you haven't heard yeah, of it before. Right. <laughs> China is still, uh, you know, the biggest, you know, factor in our import uh, situation yes, right. for freight. Uh, they, they still dominate the space, but we have been watching this trend where they shift to Southern Asia you know, for sourcing. They, Malaysia and Vietnam... India cannot take on everything that China does no. overnight, um, and they won't. Uh, so I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily uh, something that they're going to replace. But we have seen this pattern shift to the East Coast, like a shipper preference to the East Coast over the last several months. So I, I, I want to know how much of that is a degradation of overall volume, but also how much of that is just a pattern shift, because the East Coast ports are blowing up. Savannah? Yeah, no, I think I think what... I think, um, honestly, in my view, the East Coast ports invested a lot in infrastructure, and now they're just being aggressive salespeople, and they're going after volumes, right. and, and they're trying to attract volumes. We've seen L.A. and Long Beach do a couple of things trying to compete, you know, offering um, sort of discounts to high-volume accounts uh, coming in, and buyers have talked about that, but... I just think that now that they've expanded capacity, whether it's through dredging, whether it's through investing in more gantry cranes, things like that, like now they are aggressively going after volumes, and, and we're seeing it. Um, I don't. It's to me. I think it's, and you know, maybe we can talk to the folks at American Shipper about this. Mm-hmm. But it's unclear to me whether this is shipper preference, just in terms of like geography and modes and things like that, or whether it's really the ports. You know, selling uh, the, the throughput that they've just built out. Now we we have had some instability in California on the on the side of you know regulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new you know their AB5. ruling. Yeah, AB five is is coming out, and that's expected to have a pretty decent impact. And a lot of the a lot of that impact is on the drayage providers out there. Like they're the ones that are you know oh, yeah. really yeah. the most exposed. I mean, you have the big owner ops and all that kind of stuff, but. Um, you know, they're expecting some capacity reduction. The whole that. industry's just been whipsawed by different regulations over the past five years, like yeah. going back and forth. It's been like the environmental regulations that required all the poor trucking companies to replace their trucks, ended up, and they couldn't afford it, ended up right. 
they, they went to lease to own models with contractors, which then like essentially impoverished all the drivers. Right. And now like it seems like they might be flipping back the other way. It's just like like the government just keeps passing these laws with these unintended consequences that are just like jerking this industry around. And like it's almost without regard to how like vital it is to the whole rest of the continent's economy. Right, right. No, and they it, it seems at times that, you know, there could be a little bit more due diligence done on the research end on what this the <laughs> implications think, are. So. They're passing a lot yeah. about Uber yeah. and they have no idea that it affects like 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 the capacity to like take in freight from Asia. Yeah, and Uber is really an on demand capacity situation whereas trucking is like an infrastructure that's built over time. There's yeah. a lot of investment in a trucking fleet versus an investment in a vehicle that already exists. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but you know, it should come as no surprise that you know California's government is yeah. They get into the regulation. Yeah. Uh, the regulation That's, came quite a bit. And, but. and they're fairly hostile to tracking at this point, I think it's safe to say. Um, so it, that being said, uh, you know, there could be some interesting things happening in California apart from mm -hmm. port volumes, I think is what you're getting. Right, right. And 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 the fact that you know, you have this huge inbound port situation in California. I mean, really, it drives a lot of the freight market out west. Right. Uh, coming into the port of Long oh, Beach, yeah. there's a huge, just Certainly. a pool of D.C. sitting right there in Ontario, um, Fontana. That whole area is basically just a freight fountain, if you will. <laughs> um, looking forward, do we, uh, and, you know, kind of continuing on the theme of regulations, do we see any other things impacting capacity kind of going into 2020? I mean, so we talk about the drug and alcohol clearinghouse, talk about the sort of, uh, you know, ELD uh, part yeah, we're gonna, two type thing. Yeah, we're going to clear up. We're going to finalize the ELD uh, implementation here in the next, I guess, week. Or I yeah. guess it's coming up like right now. Yeah. Um, and then also the drug and alcohol clearinghouse, which, uh, you know, is expected to have is expected to have yeah, a pretty I mean, big impact to yeah, yeah, you know yeah. have people really been studying this like like it's like just on its face it seems like it would have massive impacts on on capacity assuming that you know compliance or sorry that enforcement was 100% that like wide swaths of the driver um, you know pool were getting tested regularly like like i just don't know how it's actually going to play out and be implemented like but you would you, think that if like i don't know i mean it just seems like i mean it really has to be you know the onus has to be on the carrier themselves yeah. um, there there's all sorts of dot stuff they can do uh, that they do currently uh, but you know, the carriers are basically, the insurance costs are going through the roof right now. So they're going to have to be motivated to really get in and, and figure out how the best way to, one, there's, there's a lot of cost involved here. Uh, there's a lot of cost involved with, uh, you know, implementing these drug and alcohol clearinghouse, you know, functions and testing people and keeping this uh, under control. So I don't, I, I think that you are going to see another, just another burden on the carrier front if you will, right, and that's right. going to manifest itself in the way of more costs. So I think in the next three months, we're going to see a serious uh, supply side contraction. That's interesting. Um, that's that's actually fascinating. Yeah. Um, and who knows? I mean, that. I mean, it, to see a tightening in Q1, I think that's yeah, it's pretty unpredictable. I mean, we don't we don't really know what volumes are going to be right. given. You know, some potential resolution to some trade war stuff, but. I think that supplies that. I mean, and I think it's going to trickle out over time. Like, I think that it, it slowly people will get tested, more tested, more tested, more tested. Yeah. And, you know, we'll see 
what that looks like. We'll see how drivers figure out how to comply with these tests. But um, that, like you say, I think it's another structural burden on the industry, yeah. on the carrier. And but who knows? It, yeah. it, it may it may well, tighten capacity. Um, well, in we a different are, way than we used to. Yeah, we are seeing tightening capacity right now in the moment, so we don't want to be prisoners of the moment. We still have yet to see what the demand side is going to be in right. Q1, right. Uh, but it'll, it may be hard to see what this manifestation of the supply side contraction will be. But, you know, a lot, a lot to be done and seen uh, here in the next month or so for That's sure. Right. Well, that'll do it for this week's On the Spot. Thank you so much, JP. Thanks, so. uh, Yeah, make sure to tune in to all of our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter feeds, su subscribe to YouTube, and check us out on our new app, uh, Freightways Now. So have a good week, everyone. Voices from every corner of the supply chain concerning all modes of transportation. From the world's largest logistics podcast network, this is what the freight tech revolution sounds like. Freightcast presented by Freightways. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. This holiday season, we're helping you catch up on all your favorite FreightWaves TV shows. You can now watch the latest freight news, market insights, and in-depth discussions on your preferred streaming platform. As our gift to you, if you purchase a FreightWaves Live Atlanta ticket from now through December 18th, you'll receive a free Apple TV 4K. Download the FreightWaves TV app today and you'll see freight has never looked this good.